Why are you being sucky? <sighs> Tell us, Emil. Who is it? Uh, the Great Gatsby by E. Scott Fitzgerald. Um, sold fewer than 2,000 copies during Fitzgerald's lifetime. Yet now it's it's recognised as one of the great works of literature. And I'm I'm starting to think that I am the F. Scott Fitzgerald of Fun Fact Friday, is what I'm starting to think. Wow. Yeah. Right. People just don't get you. Is that what it exactly. is? Exactly. But like in a hundred odd years um, when the podcast resurfaces naturally. Yeah. What Emile's referring to, of course, is the fact that I won Fun Fact Friday Again, twice in a row. Bam, bam, bam. What? (laughs) (laughs) This is nonsense. I am the fun fact queen. Kia ora, this is newsable. Compose yourself. You're a professional, damn it, man. (laughs) Kia ora, this is newsable. I'm Emil. And I'm Imogen. And this is what's worth talking about. The Last of Us, the TV series, may have ended, but there's now a deadly fungus spreading across the US. And we've had our first case identified here too. Is this the end of the world? Yeah, it's a really heavy, (laughs) jolly show today. Meanwhile, house prices may be coming down slightly, but buying a house is still hard and confusing. So find out more about the 101 guide to shifting from renting to owning. That is, if you survive the fungal apocalypse. (laughs) The legal battle between US police and the guy who sang Because I Got High over a music video. We're going to break that down for you. And does fresh produce scare the living bejesus out of your cat? Yes, it does. And we will explain why and why you should probably stop doing it right now. We've got all of that coming up in a moment here on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz support. Now, not to sound dramatic or anything but there's a drug-resistant deadly fungus spreading rapidly across the United States. And New Zealand... (laughs) Not to sound dramatic. And New Zealand's recently reported its first imported case of the fungus infection too. Yeah, so this fungus is called Candida auris. And it appears to mainly be affecting older people or people with weakened immune systems. It causes bloodstream infections. It also impacts internal organs and the nervous system and the respiratory system. Great. So funny. (laughs) Basically, Emile and I read this and thought, the last of us is becoming real life. So we've called in fungal scientist or mycologist Peter Buchanan to explain what on earth is going on here. What is Candida auris? Well, it's a a kind of yeast, and and I'm I'm no medical mycologist, but we do have to be careful of such really potentially dangerous yeasts that can affect, in this case, immunocompromised people or the very elderly. And um, it's good that the medical fraternity in New Zealand is taking um, it this seriously and is, is looking into trying to prevent uh, its spread in New Zealand already with one recorded case contracted overseas. It's certainly important that we minimise the chance of it spreading in New Zealand, um, but be very prepared if it should do that. Peter, we've just come out of a global pandemic. Now we've got a killer fungus on the loose. What the hell? This is bullshit. I want a refund. <laughs> 
Well, it, as you say, it's come very close after um, many people have been very keen on the TV uh, HBO series, The Last of Us. Um, and that postulated um, that maybe a fungal pandemic could follow a viral pandemic. It's, it's a great story that um, was used in The Last of Us, but entirely fictional and impossible to happen. Most fungi are really essential for our ecosystem, essential for our human health, um, have, have great benefit. But there are certain ones, just like there are certain bacteria, certain plants, certain animals, that we've got to be pretty careful about. So am I hearing you right, Peter, in, um, in interpreting what you're saying is we're probably not going to fall into an apocalyptic zombie wasteland due to candida aurus? Not probably. We will not. <laughs> Well, they, okay, they firstly right. don't don't make us. They won't make us zombies. But also, um, the knowledge to date, I think, shows that most healthy people will have no infection by this fungus. I'm not discounting the fact that it could spread, and we need to be very wary of that. But a pandemic uh, of this fungus affecting the general population, um, I think that could be counted as extremely unlikely. Peter Buchanan, uh, thank you so much for your time and explaining the fungus to us. That's a pleasure. Emma, you know what would be great, uh, speaking from the position of someone who would like to buy a house, but the chances of that look more and more remote every second. What would be great? What would be great is if someone just gave me a step-by-step guide on how I could do it. Well... Funny you mention that, because yeah. I'm pleased to inform you someone has done that very job for us all, and they've written a book on it. Oh, what? And the author of said book, titled From Renter to Owner, also happens to be Stuff's business editor, Susan Edmonds, and she joins us now to chat. Susan, hi. Oh. Hello. Susan, I do have to ask, is this the book version of Clickbait, given how <laughs> hot, hot the topic of home ownership and renting ETC always is? No, I don't think it is. It is a um, a guide to buying a house without, you know, having to give up the lattes and that have on toast and all that kind of thing. And I think it boils down to the fact that it is still possible. I mean, it's not easy at all. I think in the first chapter I say something like it is way harder than it has been for any other generation, but it is still possible. Is buying a house, if it's within your grasp, always the right decision, even if doing so would be stretching your financial situation a wee bit? I think it depends on why you're buying a house because if you're buying a house to live in and you want to stay there for a long time, I think it always is a good idea. But if you're buying one because you want to, you know, make a quick profit and you want to sell next year and go overseas or something, then I think the past couple of years have shown us that that's not a good idea. Yeah. So if you're, yeah, if it's somewhere to live, it's a roof over your head, you can't really go wrong. What is one thing or one tweak that people, renters, could do very easily that'll start them on the path you're laying for us? Well, I think there are a lot of things, but one thing I think is really helpful and seems kind of silly and like minor is just making sure that you automate all your bill payments because a lot of times people do actually have the money, but it's in the wrong place. And then a payment gets dishonoured and then the bank goes, whoa, you went into unarranged overdraft and that's a black mark. So sorting that out, making sure your bank accounts are in good shape is a good idea. And the other thing I think is really important is to get your KiwiSaver working well because it's a such a good vehicle for saving for a first time if you're, you know, your employer is contributing as well. So if you're not making the most of that, then I think you're missing out. What does making the most of it look like? Well, not every employer um, contributes more than 3%, but some do. 
So if yours does, then I would absolutely contribute as much as they would match and just to make the most of it. Yeah, and making sure that you're in the right fund because if you don't want to buy a house for 10 years or whatever, then you should take more risk. But if you want one next year, then you need to have the right risk profile for that. All those sorts of things you can probably talk through with your provider. Thank you so much for your time, Susan Edmund, Staff Business Editor and author. Cool. Thank you very much. All right, so we have to really quickly talk about this wild uh, undercover investigation involving sitting MPs that's coming out in the UK. This is all about exposing or uh, at least seriously questioning the rules in the UK, which allow MPs to have second jobs. Uh, Mo, you are absolutely <laughs> frothing this story. Um, t- tell us a bit about it. Oh, I just I find it so fascinating. So there's this campaign group called Led by Donkeys. They set up a fake South Korean consultancy firm and then they emailed a bunch of UK MPs asking if they'd be interested in joining their international advisory board given their political backgrounds that would provide expert insight into navigating the political and legislative oh, that's a hard word to say fast that would provide expert insight into navigating the political and legislative framework in the UK. 5 MPs emailed back, said they were interested in contributing to this International Advisory Board, and that included the former Chancellor Kwasi Kwarteng, who you might remember as Liz Truss's uh, finance guy in the botched budget, mini-budget. The guy who melted the UK economy for a week. And Liz Truss as well, I think. But also, uh, someone else who emailed back was disgraced former Health Secretary, Matt Hancock. So, Led by Donkeys then set up fake interviews. They got a journo to pose as someone from this fake company, did the interviews with the MPs. Those were recorded. They've been released online, or a trailer has, and it included the bit where they ask about pay expectations. And um, Kwatang and Hancock agreed to £10,000 a day, ten thousand pounds a day. Yeah, that's what they that's what they settled on. Um. <laughs> I love a good sting operation. They know how to do a sting in the UK, don't they? Yeah. So so good. But of course, UK MPs are allowed second jobs, so they weren't technically doing anything wrong here by agreeing yeah. to an interview and discussing this extortionate daily rate. But the issue of uh, UK MPs and their secondary jobs and their alternative incomes is huge over there. And this just appears to be the tip of the iceberg of this investigation. As I said, this is from a trailer that Led by Donkeys have posted on Twitter. So you can expect uh, maybe further nuggets and bits, bits and pieces coming out in the weeks to come. I'm so excited. Kia ora, I'm Adam Blair. I played the great game of rugby league for the Storm, Tigers, Broncos and the Mighty Warriors. And I'm Goran Paladin, sports presenter and rugby league fanatic. I won a World Cup too. I played 51 tests for New Zealand. Yeah, he's a national treasure, people. Come on. Blairy and I, we're joining forces for a brand new rugby league podcast called League of Our Own. Each week we talk Kiwis across the NRL and, of course, everything was. All the big names, the big stories. And some of my own stories too. Well, if we can make them fit. We'll make time. Okay. League of Our Own with Blairy and Goran. Debut ep dropping on Wednesday afternoon and every Wednesday after that. You can listen through stuff.co.nz or wherever you get your podcast. Proudly brought to you by Snap Rentals. Mate, your your stories are way too long, eh? Nah, we've got to take them on a journey. <laughs> oh, the journey. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Here's a question, Emil. Fire away. What does it sound like when you put a cucumber on the floor behind your poor, unsuspecting cat when it's eating dinner? That's an oddly specific question. What does it sound like, Imogen? <laughs> well, it sounds like this. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. That uh, that did sound hilarious. It also looks hilarious. Um, these poor cats, they're seeing the cucumbers and they're absolutely freaking out. Uh, I love cats. They are such weird little dudes. This phenomenon of people scaring cats with cucumbers is doing the rounds on social media. So obviously we thought it would be worthwhile checking in with a cat expert about what's actually going on here. Sava Syed is a cat psychologist based in Sydney. You can find her on Instagram, a cat psychologist. Sava, what's going on here? Why are cats seemingly so scared of cucumbers? It has nothing to do with cucumbers, to be honest. I have seen cats reacting exactly like that, even with a stuffed animal or a sudden noise. Cats in the wild sit in the middle of the food chain. So they just don't hunt on other animals or birds for their survival, but they also have to protect themselves from being hunted on by other predators. And that's why when they suddenly see a cucumber or any other thing, they just get very jumpy and get scared very, very bad. Yeah, because I have heard that this stems from an evolutionary fear of snakes and that like a cucumber kind of resembles a snake. But when I tried to do it with a carrot to my cat, uh, it didn't work. So I was really disappointed. Yeah, so that actually is a good thing because it does say that your cat is a very confident cat. We does have seen (laughs) that most of the cats who are not very confident in their territory are the ones who are, you know, easily scared of things and noises and cucumbers in this case. So it's a sign that your cat is a very confident cat and it's a good thing. You, you might not be spending a lot of money in future from with a cat behaviorist like me. <laughs> so that's a good thing. Oh, that, that gave me so much joy hearing <laughs> you say that, Saba. Thank you. Saba, these videos look funny, obviously, but is it actually just a bit mean to put your cat through that? It is. It is. I'm not a very um, fan of people who does that because you are actually scaring your cat. And if you keep scaring your cat with anything, there's a chance that you will be spending a lot of money in webs or in cat behaviorists like me in the future because when cats get scared of all these things and they're constantly scared in their territory, that's when all the negative behavior starts occurring. Safa Sayed, it's been great chatting to you today. Thanks so much. Thank you, guys. You mentioned McNulty having no reaction to the carrot. Oh, less than no reaction. McNulty's my cat, um, uh, for the listeners who aren't familiar with her. And uh, I tried to test this out, this um, vegetable theory on her, but I didn't have a cucumber at hand, so I used a carrot instead. And McNulty basically, she she, t- she ate her food, and then she turned around, and then she looked at the carrot, and then she looked up at me with this look of judgment and disdain on so her face. It's almost as if she knew what you were trying to achieve. I felt embarrassed. Maybe she's know? got a secret cell phone. Maybe she's been watching the TikToks, and she saw that, and she was like, really, Dad? To I me? I don't believe that she has the cognitive capacity to, to process that, but, you know, maybe. <laughs> I just, I'm just theorising here. Hey, what's the first thing that comes to mind if I say the name Afro Man? Uh, because I got high. <laughs> Banana. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, it could only be Naturally, that. Naturally. There's yeah. only one thing. But why are you talking about Afro Man, sorry? Yeah, that's a <laughs> fair, fair question. Um... <laughs> Right, so Aframan, whose real name is hilariously Joseph Edgar Foreman, he's currently embroiled in uh, what has to be one of the greatest court cases I've ever read in the US. And th- there are a lot of them to choose from. 
I don't know, Gwyneth Paltrow's one is, is definitely up there, yeah. but this is also an amazing story. So last August, police officers in Adams County, Ohio, where Afroman lives, they conducted an armed raid of his house, part of an investigation into drug trafficking and kidnapping. It was all above board. They had a search warrant, everything. The only thing was they just found nothing. Yeah, Afroman wasn't actually home at the time, but his wife and his kids were, and he was understandably... Uh, not too happy about how all this went down. So he responded the only way that a rapper knows how, uh, by writing a diss track. The diss track is amazing. It basically tells the story of the raid, and some of the lines in there are absolute gold. My favourite is, any kidnapping victims inside my suit pockets? (laughs) (laughs) You crooked cops need to stop it. There are no kidnapping victims in my suit pockets. (laughs) Yeah. I really like uh, the sheriff disconnected my cameras. The sheriff disconnected my cameras. The sheriff should be locked up in slammers. The Adams County Sheriff's Department disconnected my cameras. He's really hammering home a message there. I I think the sheriff may have disconnected the cameras. I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, as well as the song, Afro Man also produced a music video using the actual footage of the raid that his wife captured. But now the officers, yes, the officers are suing Afro Man. Yeah, that's right. So the, the lawsuit alleges that Afro Man used the officers' likenesses in this video for commercial purposes without their permission, and it says that people have ridiculed them and abused them. Uh, and according to the Guardian, they are asking for about a hundred thousand dollars per officer. So in, in total, some seven hundred thousand uh, dollars in in damages here. America, you know, land of the <laughs> land of the free, home of the brave. <laughs> Just amazing. It's just amazing. Yeah, it's um, chutzpah is uh, the way that you might describe it. We will pop a, a link up to the song on our website. Do check it out. It is, honestly, it's absolutely hilarious. It's one of the funniest things I've, I've seen this year. So highly recommended. Anyway, that's news for today. I'm Imogen Wells. And I'm Emil Donovan. Remember, you can follow us wherever you get your podcasts and across all your social media channels at NewsableNZ. You can also just hit us up directly if you've got something to say. Email us at newsable at stealth.co.nz. Have a good one. Bye. Newsable. News that's worth talking about. If you liked it and reckon it's also worth supporting, please make a contribution at stuff.co.nz support.